everybody, welcome this uh, this week's episode of the Broken Podcast. Um, joined take by your, two. Uh, myself, yeah, take two. Um, some technical difficulties. <laughs> the first time recording this, um, but we're back at it. Uh, getting this episode out to you guys. Um, joined by myself, Jake Berglin, Lance Warner, Jacob Bergman, Stefano DeSalvo. Awesome. So yeah, like we said, take two. Uh, we filmed this yesterday, but we had some unfortunate technical difficulties and stuff. Um, so we're back at it tonight. Um, but yeah, so last week, um, it was three of you guys, or no, it was just, it was, yeah, Nathan was on the podcast last week, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Awesome, talking about uh, so his life and stuff as a um, content creator on YouTube and how like he goes through his life and stuff like that. Um, super grateful to have Nathan on the podcast last week. Um, yeah, he's been super active, like he's part of our Discord and everything, um, interacting with us on Twitter and stuff like that, um, supporting us and what we do, and it's awesome to have on the podcast um, and just see somebody who has quite a bit of success on YouTube and how um, like Jesus has been part of his life and everything like that. Um, but I want to uh, call back to kind of what we talked about or uh, what you guys talked about a couple weeks ago um, when we started like this series, if you will, um, just a discussion about what makes a video game good, I guess, if you will. Um, a couple weeks ago, you guys talked about what makes a first person shooter good. Um, so you guys had some awesome thoughts on that kind of touched on like the esports scene and, uh, what goes into like making the game good and stuff like that. Um, so we're going to kind of continue along with this theme, um, throughout over the next uh, month or so or the next few weeks or so. Um, but tonight, uh, today or whenever you listen to this, um, whether you're watching on YouTube or you listen to it on Spotify or Apple music or whatever. Uh, we're going to kind of go over um, a different genre of games this time, RPGs or role-playing games. Um, so uh, kind of we talked about it last night, but kind of wanted to define, first of all, I guess, is what is a role-playing game? What is an RPG um, in the sense of video game and stuff like that? And I think the big thing we like to understand is kind of where it came from. Um, it kind of came from this, uh, like D and D Dungeons and Dragons that came out of the seventies and stuff like that. And like once video games started getting the role in the eighties and the early nineties and stuff like that, um, they kind of borrowed a lot of the concepts from that. And we'll kind of talk about like some of those elements and stuff of like with the characters and everything, um, later, later on in the episode. But first I want to kind of just get your guys' initial thoughts, um, about RPGs in general. Um, so, I mean, me and Bergman, we've talked about this before. Like we're like in, out of our, bro- like the five people that are like th- that, um, that are the founders for broken and then, uh, or six with Heather and stuff like that. Uh, me and you kind of like, we, we play these kind of games more than the other guys. stuff. So, like, obviously Seth, former overwatch player, FPS is more of his thing. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 not this one. Not this one. Wait, wait, I'm pretty sure he was a pro. Where, Seth, did you play pro overwatch? You played for... Wait, you for LA? Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Okay. As soon as, as, soon as I said, as soon as I said that, I knew Berkman was going to say something. Um, <laughs> I was anyway, waiting for it too. Yeah, obviously, uh, Steph, former Overwatch professional, like FPS, been a big part of your story, Lance. Um, I think when we did that top five episode or whatever, every single game was a Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously, role playing games not your biggest genre. But I just want to kind of talk to you guys, like, what is your history with role-playing games? What is your what is your initial thoughts when it comes to role-playing games? Uh, Steph, why don't you go ahead and lead us off a little bit on that? You know what? I'm pretty sure I have played some role-playing games way back. Like, maybe... You know what? 
Pokemon for sure. That's a role playing game, right? When you start off, when you choose the first three Pokemon, I, I have to throw it out there, man. It's, it, um, it counts. It sure. totally counts. It totally can. come on. I'll count it. I'll count You'll it. You'll count it. We'll right, give sweet. it to you. No, but in all honesty, I'm not. Uh, I haven't really played too many. Uh, again, I, I come from more of an F- FPS background. I played League, uh, which is a MOBA. Um, I've heard of a lot of good RPGs like Red Dead Redemption, Skyrim. Honestly, they were like two of the most talked about games in school. So. Familiar with those ones, seen gameplay, but haven't really played. Yeah. What about you, Lance? Yeah. So my experience with these is very limited. Um, as I just want to say, first off, Luigi's Mansion does not count as an RPG. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion should count as an RPG because it you're upgrading not. your vacuum the entire way through Luigi's Mansion Three. So get off my back. <laughs> so, um, but I guess I played through like Until Dawn. Um, I went through that one. Um, that one, every single decision you make, you're choosing your characters. Um, you're choosing who you want to live, who you want to die. It changes the outcome. You know, it kind of focuses on that butterfly effect, and so it's super cool to kind of see that. And that's one I really enjoyed. Um, but aside from that, I guess like the only role playing games I would have really had experience in are things like Assassin's Creed. Uh, I played a couple of those, never fully because I really enjoy them for like two days and I get over it after day three or four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, or I guess like the old like Mario Adventure games, like um, Mario on the Tennis 4 or like Mario Odyssey, things like that um, are games that I would have been able to kind of experience a role playing game through. But Honestly, like Skyrim and stuff like that, I could never fully get into. But yeah, oh, and that's interesting about that is like, um, you talked about like, uh, like the Mario games stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like if there's any like hardcore RPG players that are listening to this or anything like that, I'm sure the first thing they're saying, well, none of those are RPG games. Yeah, um, exactly. So like, obviously, like just touching on the fact again, like your RP, like your he- heavy RPG games, you're not as familiar with. But um, we'll kind of touch a little bit, like just because something isn't an RPG. Uh, game doesn't mean it hasn't have these important RPG elements and stuff like that in it. Um, but we're going to touch on that later in the episode. Uh, so Bergman, why don't you go ahead and touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So um, obviously we've already talked about how you and I have more um, gaming experience with RPGs. One of the big ones I've played through recently is outer worlds. And that one came out in like November ish. Um, and so one of the things I love about RPGs is the ability to play how you want to play. Um, you don't have to, you're not stuck to a certain stereotype of a character, you know, you get to, to evolve that character, um, however you want to, um, you get to start out, typically you pick like your top five perks or whatever you're, however you're going to focus that gameplay. Um, and so like things like outer worlds or, um, days gone, like those, uh, are two RPGs I played really recently that I really enjoyed. Um, another one would be horizon zero dawn. Um, the, just the ability to go through that game and to upgrade the things that you want to upgrade and focus on what you want to focus on. Um, I typically don't go with anybody that's stealthy at all and rough and tumble, <laughs> and I'm going to shoot my way out of everything. Um, but it's a lot of fun to be able to do that. Yeah, and I think uh, that's kind of going to lead us into our like um, big element of what makes a good RPG is, um, and we kind of talked about it a bit, is this idea of you can build your character however you want um and obviously this varies from game to game how much you can build your character what kind of um influences your choices have and stuff like that but i think one of the things that is common in every single like people name the best rpgs ever they're like well you got skyrim you got the witcher you got uh your original fallouts um yeah and like your oblivions your uh all those kind of games that came out like um, especially in those the late 2000s and early 2010s, there was a ton of really good RPGs coming out. And one of the things that I think that all those games share is this idea that, um, like you, 
here's your character, do what you want with it, right? And I think, like, that harkens back to, like, what we talked about with RPGs, role-playing games, coming, mm-hmm. like, in inspira- in being inspired by Dungeons and Dragons and D&D and stuff like that, uh, various tabletop role-playing games. Like, here's your like here's your character. Do whatever you want with it. You have all the freedom in the world. And I think that's one of the big, um, like, pulls of an RPG game, right? Uh, like, here's your character. Do whatever you want. It's your person. And I think that choice is something also that bleeds into other games and stuff like that as well. Um, like, Berg, I, you talk about Outer Worlds. Like, there's so many different choices within that game itself. Like, go ahead and t- talk about Outer Worlds just a little bit, just as an example of, like, some of the different stuff that's, like, uh, these choices and stuff that comes yeah. with that. Yeah, so um, I got the game uh, over Christmas break, so it would have been around December, and I put probably 25 to 30 hours on the game, which is roughly what um, they slated the game as, you know, gameplay of 25 hours, I think it was, like, what they ended up settling on. And um, I beat the game. I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought about, you know, let's do another playthrough. Let's see, like, what our other options are. And um, I didn't end up doing that and returning the game to... uh, I just rented it since I was home. And I am scrolling through YouTube one day, and it says, Outer Worlds beat in 12 minutes. And I'm thinking, wait, hold on. This (laughs) game took me 20-plus hours to play through, you know? And so I look on there. And sure enough, a dude beat the game in 12 minutes and got an actual ending to the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he he skipped a ton of like the side stuff, which mm-hmm. you can do in RPGs. And um, this game particular, it has some different options whenever it comes to how you play the game. So um, I chose to focus a lot on gun skill as well as the ability to talk my way out of things. So like persuade, charm, and I think intimidate was the third category. And this person went for all strength and like physical ability and so that gave him some options whenever it came to different dialogue things yeah so i got special bonuses and special dialogue options that unlocked because i was smart enough for those options he had special options that were unlocked because he was dumb enough for those (laughs) options which is something um that isn't super common in rpgs but i thought Mm -hmm. it was a really cool twist of like you know because you're smart you open up certain dialogue options, but a lot of times they don't think about the other extreme. And yeah. so um, it allowed him to skip a lot of stuff and kind of force his way into things. Yeah. And so it was a really cool experience for me to see. I can play through this, you know, as smart as I want to and, and try to play my game style. But also this guy was able to beat the whole game in 12 minutes because he decided to go with kind of a dumb character that was really strong. Mm-hmm. And so that's some of the variances that you get and that you can get into with RPGs and the replayability is a huge factor. I mean, that's yeah. why Skyrim to this day is one of the most played games and yeah. one of the longest. It's last still like, it's still like $50 on switch or something like yeah, that. It's yep. crazy. It's insane. And it came out in November of 2011 and it's still selling for almost full price. And I think that replayability factor plays in that a bit. Um, and I, I want to touch on like what you talk about your choices and stuff like that. And obviously, this doesn't just um, this isn't specific to just uh, pure role playing games or pure like your pure RPGs. But what's I think so special about the RPG genre about your role playing games is that often like so often they bleed into other um, game genres like your FPS is like Outer Worlds is an FPS. Um, mm-hmm. and it bleeds into your adventure games and your stuff like that. But specifically, talk about this choice and stuff. Like, I just want to hear your thoughts, your thoughts, Lance and Steph, like, especially you guys who are first-person shooter guys. Yeah, um, hold, like, up, hold, up, talk- hold up, hold up, hold up. So, hear me out. 
in the original Super Mario I'm get, World, I'm gonna get mad you, at have, you have to choose no, no, if you want to no, use Yoshi no, or not to go through a level. Nope. No, no. That doesn't make it a role-playing Does, that, does a, that mean the role-playing games genre trickled in? Just because you, just cause you no. make a choice, just because you make a choice, you doesn't mean it's a role-playing. You're making a choice. That's all. I'm saying. <laughs> That's it. So, hold on. You can hold choose, on, you can choose, choose to use the cape or fireballs. Or if I choose to go right or left, does that make this a role-playing? No, it doesn't. Okay, it's, it's <laughs> a choice. No. Just wait. Does the choice to go right create a different ending than the choice to go left? Pokemon no. stolen RPG. That's, that one's debatable. I'll always, I'll always give the argument on that one. But oh, super, yep, super Mario, Mario or Luigi? Come on, man! Like, what, come on. what were the what were the three? It was Charmander. Was it Charmander? It was Charmander, Squirtle. Bulbasaur, the Squirtle. But that's if you Squirtle, chose, that's a... if you chose anything but Bulbasaur, you're wrong. Whoa, hold up! No, Squirtle Charmander was the, was the way yeah, to Squirtle go. Was Squirtle, Squirtle was a Squirtle was I only played like two no games way. of Pokemon. Here's the thing. Like Here's the thing. No Bulbasaur and Squirtle were the only ones that like you chose if you wanted to be good at the game. But Charmander is what you chose if you're like, ooh, I want a Fire Dragon. Cool. I wanted to be good, so I chose Bulbasaur. You definitely didn't get past the third gym leader if you chose Bulbasaur. Absolutely, <laughs> you do. You kidding me? Get out of here. All right, Steph. So tell me. got other Pokemon. <laughs> So back to the question that we asked Steph. <laughs> You're the one that started this freaking round. I know that's my bad. I take full responsibility on this. <laughs> my bad, guys. Oh man. No, but talk about some like talk about choices and like your impact your choices have. Yeah. Um on like obviously you can make a choice in any video game, but like specifically your choice specifically like making Luigi's a choice answer. that makes a huge, huge stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> uh specifically like you make these choices and it makes a huge difference on your gameplay and yeah. like how you play the game and stuff like that. Well, when it comes to Overwatch, what made me play the game was the fact that you could choose, um, you know, the role that you want to play and the hero that you want to play in the middle of the game, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there wasn't a campaign in Overwatch. It was only multiplayer. But the fact that you can change roles mid-game was super interesting. Um, No other game was doing that. So, I mean, that's more of kind of a role-playing aspect that Overwatch kind of took from RPGs, which is really nice to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess kind of going off the opposite side, obviously I'm going to make a Call of Duty reference because that's pretty much the only game I know. Um, Shocker. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, Why I mean, am I not surprised? Yeah, <laughs> it's just been crazy to see, um, actually observe the competitive scene rather than just thinking, wow, these guys are really good at the game. Um, you're starting to see people that are good at their specific role. So, I mean, like, there's little things like who's going to carry the bomb and search and destroy Who's going to be anchor? Who's going to watch um, for people flanking or coming up behind them? Who's going to rotate early? Um, who's going to play main AR? I mean, who's going to run a sub? Who's going to slay in point? We all know Steph can't slay in point. All he does is get six kills and Maybe like three minutes. But still. <laughs> um, Steph didn't laugh then either. <laughs> uh, Steph's still mad about it. <laughs> um, this but, is why I don't play Modern Warfare anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I'm joining Berglin, uninstalling. Yes. Uninstalling. Yes. Hey, the BR should be here. I don't know. I'm honestly getting super skeptical. You, you told me it was going to be out today, March 3rd. The beta was, I was thinking. Dude, he's been leaking, he's been linking leaks and articles oh, and all dude. these different yeah. rumors. I'm going to cry. Just, it's just a dude. constant flood of links from Lance about the BR. I'm going to cry. I don't play Modern Warfare anymore. If this thing doesn't drop, it's going to be the worst year <laughs> of my life. I'm and I get married in May. Actually, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, we love you. We better um, hope your fiance doesn't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> Hadley, just listen to this? Love you, Hadley. Uh, but aside from that, uh, it's just been really cool to see people change with the games, like change roles too. I mean, think about it, how much the roles define people. You have Crim 6 being 
um, this stud AR player back in BO4. Um, and now all of a sudden he's transitioning to that submachine gun role. Um, he doesn't have as many kills. Like he's not as high on the leaderboard as he used to be. And honestly, I think it's just a different type of play, uh, pace of play. I think Modern Warfare is a submachine gun game. I think the MP5 is dominant. Uh, and back in the old ways, the um, ICR and Maddox were completely dominant. So I think it's just kind of transitioning. So it's really cool to see um, kind of that RPG, not really um, choosing individual characters with different abilities. Besides, I guess, BO4, you had the specialist. Um, but yeah, just kind of see. Yeah, and BO3, yeah. Um, and just seeing the specialist, but also seeing um, simple gun changes and simple gun rolls, whether you're going to run a trophy, whether you're going to run grenades, all that stuff severely factors in, into whether you're going to win a game or not. So that's yeah. really cool to see. Yeah, and I think um, like the that kind of choice you have like plays into how fun a game is also. Because like, if you're just locked into like, okay, you have to do this, like, cool. Um, like, I'll just go watch a movie at that point. Yeah. But like, the like... <laughs> Uh, even though there are a lot of yeah. games that like kind of um, shovel you into like doing the same, like this is how everybody's going to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some success in games like Uncharted and stuff like that. But I think adding some layers of choice, which there are like there's choices in um, Uncharted, how you want to play, how you want to control Nathan Drake and stuff like that. But that just adds another level um, of just interaction because like that interaction is what makes video games so fun is like being able to do things and choosing yeah. how you want to do those things. Otherwise, like I just go watch movies all the time. But yeah. the ability to be able to choose what I want to do um, and be able to choose how I play, that's what makes video games so fun and interactive. And like, I think that's one of the big appeals to video games and stuff like that. Um, I think that's one of the biggest like impacts that RPGs have on the genre or have on the industry is like um, you see ton, like almost no game now is any single genre. There's always tons of like layers to genres and stuff like that. But just about every game nowadays has some sort of RPG element. There's some sort of influence. There's yeah. some sort of influence from the uh, from role playing games within every game. Like I look on my shelf right now, and like all like almost every single game I have on there, I'd be like, yeah, there's some like role playing aspects in that game. Like Jedi Fallen Order. Like like you look at it initially, it's just like, oh, it's a cool action adventure game. Like you're going swinging a lightsaber and stuff like that. But it's so deep in what you could do with uh, Cal, the main character, and like how you can play him and how you can build him. And stuff like that. I know, like me and Berg, you, me, we played that game a ton over like um, late December into early January and stuff like that. Yeah, I put thirty five hours in in three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, just saying, just saying. Wow. No, like, you didn't, you didn't, <laughs> okay, you didn't, okay. You didn't have first access off, to the internet. First off, I was home alone at my house in Indiana, where I don't have internet at all, and so yeah. all I did was play games because nobody else was home. So. Yeah. That smooth makes justification. Sense. Smooth justification. Without yeah, context, like it's it. like, oh, okay, geez. But no. <laughs> oh, no I remember. I got, the game. <laughs> I got the game like two weeks before Bergman. And then, like, we're on winter break, and we, uh, I was playing video games like Lance, Steph, and Hayden. And then all of a sudden, he's like, hey, I got a Jedi Fallen Order. I'm like, oh, dude, it's so awesome. I love this game. Like, I'm like I'm about halfway through it or so. And like two days later, he's like, are you at this part yet? I'm like, oh, no. He's like, oh, I passed you. I'm like, dang. Like one day later, he's like, "Oh, I beat it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I I was like Geez, "This guy's been playing this game so much. It's such a fun <laughs> game, though." But yeah. like, it has those aspects of stuff, like how mm-hmm. you want to use your powers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think the industry as a whole has benefited from that a lot. Learning from what role playing games have done for the industry and stuff like that. Uh, I kind of want to transition now a little bit into uh, with our time remaining into some of the different elements that like these are kind of um, like these are kind of go along with every game pretty much, but specifically um, how these elements have 
playing games over the years. Um, so the first one I kind of want to talk about is a little bit is about like sound design and music and stuff like just anything you hear through your headphones, basically. Um, so we'll talk about music at first like that. And I think music is one of the most underappreciated parts of any video game. I, I would agree um, to some degree. I think that as people start to play a lot of games with headphones and um, especially in the competitive side of things, people are starting to notice a lot more about like, I need to be able to hear footsteps where yeah. people, the, the sound designed and how that interacts with the atmosphere. Um, one of the games that I played recently is days gone and it's ability to pull you into the character um, of Deacon St. John as you're riding your motorcycle through nature surrounded by zombies is incredible. Um, the way that they, they mold and shape the sound to, you know, you hear the leaves rustle, you get to hear like the, the sound of like your motorcycle going across gravel, um, the pavement, the dirt, stuff like that, as well as the songs that they've chosen really mm-hmm. pull you into the game itself and really get you to dive deep and really envelop you in this game immersion and how much you feel like you're in the game. And so one of the things that does really well is that there are several times where you have to travel a long distance on your motorcycle. And so you start out and every time you're on a motorcycle, it just starts out with you riding and you hear, you know, the wind, you hear the tires on the, the pavement, whatever. And as you start to drive it, at some point, I don't know if there's like a timing or however the game mechanic works, but it starts to dull out some of that road noise per se mm-hmm. of like nature. And then you start to hear music come in over that. And the way that it crossfades makes it feel very much like a movie. Um, and it's ability to, you know, whenever you start to get into a mission, that's very like stealthy and, um, you know, you have to sneak around the past a bunch of zombies. The music gets very intense, but also very quiet. And so you really start to kind of lean in. You start to feel that tension in like your body and like you're tensed up. And there's a couple times after playing that game for half an hour, an hour or so, I'm, I get done and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was tense that entire time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and sound, so, sound design. Sorry, not to, sorry. To no, you're here. good. But sound design is something that's like, I think especially now we get more competitive games and stuff like that you realize how important it's like oh i need to hear footsteps and stuff like that like whenever we're playing call of duty or stuff like uh like we'll be talking or something and then we get into a gunfight and be like like or like all right cut the conversation like cut the conversation <laughs> we need to hear people like we need to hear the people around us and stuff like that or it's like if you guys are just playing um call of duty or something like that and like i'm playing a different game at the same time like uh, you'll turn me down specifically so you can hear each other and you can hear the game better um and i think we're starting to understand how sound design is better works for a game well now um but music is something that i think uh, especially in your single player games and stuff like that yeah like we don't realize how important it is but if it wasn't there we'd be like well, something's missing i'm not sure what it is for but sure. something's definitely missing right now yeah. like the, i i realize this is an rpg um but like i think of halo like the music that's in that game it's iconic and like just think if the music wasn't that good or it wasn't in that game completely different game i think like especially halo 3 the last mission of the game warthog run when you're on the warthog with the arbiter back and like you're going through all this and that that intense music like is pounding and pounding and you just feel the intensity in that it feels like cinematic you feel like you're the hero you feel like this is where i'm like this is i'm really impacting the world because of this um and i think that music plays into that so well it's like it's intense it's getting you long it's getting you going and i think that could be seen really well in rpgs like especially your like your single player your story-based rpgs like uh your dragon inquisition or 
like Skyrim and stuff like that. The music at Skyrim is really well done. Um, I think that plays so well into the overall polish of a game, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 One, uh, one thing I noticed about it, um, when I really started to notice that is when I got into the horror game, um, kind of kicked yeah, for a little bit. That's what I was thinking about also. Some of the games when I was playing through them, um, you're walking around and you just hear a footstep behind you and you turn mm-hmm. around and no one's there and you're just like, I, I know someone was there. I mean, it, like even when I had my VR headset and I'd play with it a little bit, um, you'd be walking through or you just hear like this growling sound in front of you or like people coming upstairs. Um, I remember in Re- Resident Evil 7, um, Biohazard, mm-hmm. and we came out of this basement and we just hear like four steps coming up and there's this girl that's just like whispering at us from behind and she's crawling up these stairs. It was the scariest thing ever. And it wasn't just because um, it was, she was crawling up the stairs. It's because of the music that was going with it. It was her whispering at us. Yeah. It was the footsteps that were there. Man, I'm pretty sure me, Bergman, and TJ almost cried in my room because it was just so... It's, I don't cry. I don't, I don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. shout, I mean, out, shout out TJ. Lance yeah, is number shout one out TJ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it's just been... It's just been crazy going through those. I mean, even when you're like find this place, when like especially the horror games with the camera, you find this place, you start zooming in, and the sound picks up. You see the guys walking out, or you see people walking in. The music picks up, and it's yeah. just crazy. I've never realized how important that is until we started talking about it. You begin to realize it. But. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think like it's overlooked how um, like important that is. Obviously, for the reason we said, but like especially in horror games you talk about, but it's like, um, like there are times where you like, you'll be playing a game or whatever. And then a sound happens and you're like, Oh no, I'm in trouble now. Like, or like some music yeah. starts going, like the intense music starts going like, Oh, something's yeah, about yeah. to happen. There's, yeah, there's, I'm about in trouble. To be a boss coming, there's about to be a boss <laughs> coming up or something. There's uh, in, in games, there's two tell telltales to what is going to happen next. The music picks up and you're like, Oh, this is serious. Or there's a save point and you're like, yeah. well, I'm coming back I'm to done. this one quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like to go back to Jedi yeah. Fallen Order, there'd be like these meditation points, and like if you know there's one outside of a, do- well, I'm about to fight something that's probably gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so just uh, with a little bit of time we have left, I kind of want to touch on something we didn't really have time to get into a lot yesterday. Um, but there's a huge other sort of sub subgenre of RPGs myself, and it's JRPGs, um, which j- the Japanese RPGs because they're super popular, um, in Japan and Asia and stuff like that, and like sort of in the late 90s they started made it um their way into america and i think what's popular about these is that it's less about um like you get really refined gameplay and lance i think you there's a jrpg that i think you would absolutely love and it's paper mario hey you yeah. played paper mario? i played it on the gamecube and the nintendo 64 baby paper mario one of the best rpgs ever made yep i was stand by that to the end of the day yep and Back i kind of the most important roles for Goombas ever are in Paper Mario. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paper Mario is so good. Yep. I kind of want to talk. I kind of want to touch on Paper Mario like that um, because I think RPGs have a sort of not a stigma, I guess. But when people think of RPGs, they think of oh, geez, that's like like you're only your fantasy games or your um, like super like quote unquote nerdy games and stuff like that. And it's kind of like not intimidating, but people are like, I don't want to be associated with that, but. I think people don't realize how impactful RPGs are on the genre and how much that is into every single game they play. And like we kind of talked about with FPSs and stuff like that. But yesterday, like when I was talking to you, Lance and you, Steph, um, you guys are like, we're preparing for the podcast. And you're like, I don't know if I have like anything to say on this really. And I'm just like, well, 
every single game you guys play has some of those elements and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I just like, I want people to like think about how impactful that is on the genre or on the industry and how much that actually is in all the video games they play. Cause I think there's a lot of great, great video games that people are missing out on just cause they don't want to play that kind of, that certain genre. Yeah. So um, I think we're pretty much out of time right now. Um, any closing remarks? Anybody want to say real quick? Um, I'm shooting. I'm shooting um, for a sponsorship from Snapple. All of us oh. are here at Broken. Stop. Oh, nope. <laughs> I mean, Snapple, if you want to, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I won't say no. Um, somebody else might on the team, but I won't. Um, anyway, thanks for that, Lance. Steph, you got anything? Oh, I'm good. Okay. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever your listening service is. Um, thank you for your prayers and your support, as always. Um, continue to grow the YouTube channel, which is really exciting. Um, more and more people are watching every week, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, just closing, we just want to say thank you guys for all your support. Um, can't wait to come back next week as we continue talking about video games and life itself in general and stuff like that. Um, so, signing off. See you guys later. See you guys next week. Bye.